Hey everyone, this is Scott. I know we haven't talked for a while. Um, the impetus for doing this particular episode was I wanted to announce there's a new season coming up and also announce a few changes um, regarding the show. But as I started thinking about it, I also realized that it might be a good opportunity to both um, kind of help welcome and bring new listeners up to speed, as well as for some of you long-term listeners, kind of explain a little bit of the method to my madness, because I realized that along the way, you followed this podcast through a lot of twists and turns and a variety of different series on different topics, for which I am eternally grateful because you really let me indulge my passion of, you know, every given moment. Um, so again, I, I need to thank you for that. But also, you know, even if you're enjoying it, I thought it might be beneficial or helpful or fun to kind of walk through, um, you know, a little bit of the history, a little bit of the process, um, a little discussion on, you know, the uh, impetus for each series and what I was trying to accomplish when I started, what I felt I eventually accomplished and, and how the process went. Um, and again, let this serve as a brief introduction to new listeners who maybe just subscribe to the show and don't really have a good handle on all the various series that have come out under the Ancient World banner. So <laughs> this one's going to be a little more conversational and off the cuff. Um, again, hopefully it'll be enjoyable. Make sure you uh, stay tuned for later on during this where I will be discussing the new upcoming season and also some of the uh, changes to the podcast and hang around for that. But also hopefully the stuff between now and then will also be of some interest to you. So let's talk about the origin of the Ancient World podcast. There are a lot of threads that came together um, to start me down the road of writing and producing and releasing the first The Ancient World podcast about 10 years ago now, which is bizarre uh, even to me. And just to go back a bit, I did not study history at university. I actually have an advanced engineering degree. But I've always been interested in history, even going back to grade school, and it, especially once I started to travel in my 20s and 30s and travel to a lot of interesting uh, locations. And, uh, you know, as part of traveling to those places, I would research the history of those places and became more and more interested. Another aspect that led to me um, becoming more familiar with the concept of podcasting was I had a very long commute for a very long time. I had also done about 10 years on and off as a college radio slash community radio DJ. And for these long commutes, I, I used to listen to as much new music as I could. But I found out that after a while, even if you are researching new music regularly, it is hard to fill your, or at least it was a dozen years ago, hard to fill your commute with two hours per day of new, interesting, enjoyable music. So in order to kill that time more usefully, beneficially, interestingly, entertainingly, um, I started to listen to podcasts. And one of the first I listened to was 12 Byzantine Emperors by Lars Brownworth. 
Um, you've probably heard of it before. It's a very foundational podcast. It started the podcasting career of a lot of people. It's kind of like the famous Sex Pistols show in Manchester where not a lot of people saw it, but everyone that did started a band, it seemed like. So that was the impetus for a lot of especially uh, history podcasters. But of course, that was only 12 episodes, and so I needed more content. And uh, I very quickly came to Mike Duncan's The History of Rome. That podcast definitely kept me busy during my commutes for quite some time, and I became a really big fan. I became such a big fan that I decided to go on one of Mike Duncan's The History of Rome tours back in 2011. I went on the second one, actually. So that was the occasion where, again, I got to travel to a lot of amazing places in Italy as well as Istanbul. And also during that trip, I, I had the opportunity to interact with Mike a few times, with Mike Duncan. Now, here's one thing I didn't mention, is that I'd caught up with the history of Rome by this time. So just like everyone else, I was waiting weekly for another you know, half-hour episode, which again would not let me, would not effectively kill my commute. So I started hunting around, and I found that what I really was interested in, and I really wanted to find a good podcast on, was like really ancient Near Eastern history. You know, Sumerians, Babylonians, Assyrians, all of that kind of stuff. So I hunted and hunted and hunted, and this is again about 2011, and there was nothing I could find at the time that covered that. And a little, you know, light went off in my head. So I started working up the idea for a brief 12-episode series covering ancient Near East mainly from the period around 3000 BC to around 500 BC. So I came up with that idea. I was still, it was in the early concept phase. I was just starting to flesh it out. Now we cut to me on the History of Rome tour uh, interacting with Mike. And I think it was the dinner the last night of the tour, and we were chatting, and I happened to innocently ask him, what are you thinking of doing, you know, next after History of Rome? And, he, well, you know what? I'm actually, instead of me telling you this story, um, I am lucky enough that I have a clip from a very old interview. This is from 2013 where uh, Mike Duncan actually relates our conversation that we had that night from his side. And uh, so I am going to insert a clip from that right now. So enjoy that. So now it's really down to you and Dan Carlin. If you want a history fix, that's where folks have to go. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, other, there's other stuff that's floating around out there. There's a couple of good English history podcasts. A friend of mine just finished uh, The Ancient World, which goes sort of all the stuff that's previous to Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, I think, really good. Which, um, which series was that one? It's The Ancient World. The Ancient World, okay. Yeah, by Scott Chesworth. Which was actually, that was, um, maybe I'll tell the story, is okay. that I was actually thinking of doing that as a, a follow-up to the history of Rome, focusing on those early civilizations. And I knew Scott. He came on one of the tours, and we were talking about it one night at dinner, and I said, you know, they're asking me, what, what might you do after the history of Rome? And I said, oh, you know, maybe I'll do some of the ancient civilizations. And he just got this, like, look on his face because he was like, I was planning on doing that. Oh, um, dibs. Yeah, so, he, so I, I gave him, I gave him, I said, if you do it one year, you, you have one year. And if you don't do it, then it's fair game. But then he did it, and it's great. And um, he just finished it. 
That is exactly what happened. Um, I thought within an instant my entire idea had been shut down. If Mike was going to take it over, forget it. There's no way I could compete with that. Um, but like he said, he gave me a year to you know produce something, get something out, or else it was going to be a topic that was fair game. And I kept that deadline very seriously in mind. And over the next year, I generated um, the initial 12-episode outline for The Ancient World, and I actually released the very first episode in April of 2012. So I beat his deadline, and I'm very proud of that. And I've essentially been podcasting ever since. So the first series, The Ancient World, again, as I mentioned, it started off as a 12-episode draft, and then as I produced it, there were more things that were interesting to me that I wanted to cover and didn't want to give short shrift to. So long story short, it ended up going 36 episodes. I was initially hoping I could give more or less equal weight to various societies and cultures and civilizations across the globe, but I came pretty quickly across two things. One is the disparate amount of both historical records and archaeology done, and the other is I started to gravitate more toward where my interest, you know, began to really calcify, which is the Near East, Eastern Mediterranean, North Africa, Anatolia. That's, you know, that became the sweet spot because it's both intensely fascinating to me and it also has a fair amount of good uh, documentary as well as, you know, archaeological sources so that you can tell a story with characters and events and also flesh out the cultures at the same time. And of course, toward the end of that series, you're getting into eras and cultures that are beginning to intersect more with the classical age. You start getting into the beginnings of the Roman kingdom and the Roman Republic, and you start getting into the institution of democracy in Greece at the very end. So again, my podcast, the intention was to give folks kind of a broad, basic background in all of these cultures that preceded the classical cultures that maybe they were more familiar with. So that was the first series. I didn't necessarily plan to continue podcasting after that, but as I was doing that series, one thing that came to mind as a potential follow-up was I found that the stories of how all of these ancient civilizations were rediscovered in the modern era over the last couple centuries, there were a lot of really interesting stories there and a lot of scholarship and a lot of adventures and, to be honest, a lot of exploitation a lot of things going on that told an intertwining set of stories that I thought would also make a good a good series that would help flesh out the original series by again kind of looping back how were these civilizations rediscovered in the modern era so that is the uh, impetus for the R series the the ancient world rediscovery series even as I was producing the ancient world rediscovery, I was struck with a very powerful idea or a very powerful shock of inspiration. 
And those kind of things don't happen to me very much. And it really kind of became obsessive in my head very quickly. And here's what it was. I remembered, you know, when Mike Duncan was covering all of the, um, the Severan emperors of Rome, I remembered this clutch of very powerful women from the city of Emesa who seemed to be in many ways the power behind the throne for a series of Roman emperors. They seemed very fascinating. They certainly seemed deserving of their own treatment. And I also knew that they mentioned that their lineage, their bloodline, went back all the way to Cleopatra and Mark Antony, which, you know, it's, it sounds like something you might just say at cocktail parties, but as I went to research that, it turned out that it wasn't all that far-fetched. There are some gaps that need to be filled in. There are some links in the chain about which we do not have very solid information. But there is a through line. And if you want to create a narrative, and if you want to use it as a way of telling an alternate history of the Roman Empire through the eyes of maybe not the emperors themselves, and, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, maybe not the local farmers who probably carried very little, you know, which, which emperor happened to be in power as long as their armies didn't happen to come tramping through their land. But something a bit in the middle, something in terms of a noble family who would be in touch with those who were in power in Rome, but also at the same time, they would be grounded in local events or politics or concerns that might be somewhat different than those at the center of power. So what I decided to do was do a series that basically covered, it eventually ended up being 10 generations of the descendants of Mark Antony and Cleopatra, uh, many of whom were high priests, nobles, often actual kings and queens of various territories in North Africa and Syria, and take it all the way up through the Severan emperors of Rome and the Emocene ladies that had so interested me in the first place. So that was, I would say, one half of the concept for Bloodline. The other half was also inspired by Mike Duncan. He did one episode called The Palmyrene Wars, which covered the wars against the Palmyrene Queen Zenobia. I just remember that episode being insanely fascinating to me. It just, you know, within the space of an episode, we were essentially introduced to this fully realized Palmyrene kingdom that, for a brief period, was able to stand toe-to-toe with Rome. And I also remembered the, the factoid that Zenobia also claimed to be a descendant of Cleopatra. So my thought was, maybe if I carry this same series forward from the Emocene women of the Severan dynasty, maybe the linkage can be made all the way to Queen Zenobia. And there's your series, starting with Cleopatra, ending with Zenobia, 
with the Emocene women in the as kind of a centerpiece. That was the in, the inception of the Bloodline series. Now, as it turned out, Zenobia was kind of more making cocktail party conversation about being a descendant of Cleopatra. She very, very, very likely was not. But I was able to follow the line of the Emocene women forward to roughly Zenobia's time. Getting that close to the era of Zenobia, I just couldn't not make that the climax of the series. And so I did go very much into depth on the Palmyrene Wars. Um, So that series ended up being 54 episodes. That's my longest series to date. I say to date, you never know. And I'm I'm very proud of it. It seems to be a very popular series. Um, So if you like long-form narratives about extended family trees that pass through the Roman Empire period for 300 years, Bloodline might be the series for you. So after Bloodline wrapped up, I didn't want to commit to another super long series, at least right away. So um, what I focused on next was another era that had always interested me, but always been a little bit impenetrable, which makes it, you know, a good challenge, which is digging deep into the Seleucid Empire and tracing its decline and eventual takeover by Rome in the um, first century BC. Now, as many of you probably know, um, after the conquest of Alexander the Great and his subsequent death, his empire ended up being fought over and eventually carved up by some of his leading generals. Uh, Probably the most famous is Ptolemy, who founded the Ptolemaic line of Egypt. But one that had always fascinated me was the empire founded by Seleucus I, the Seleucid Empire, which essentially was made up of Alexander's Near Eastern and Central Asian and, for a time, Anatolian conquests. It's also the empire that eventually started getting squeezed between an increasingly assertive Rome and an expanding Parthian empire. While I was researching the Seleucids, I came across this interesting figure, Cleopatra Thea, who was the daughter of the current Ptolemaic rulers, Ptolemy VI and Cleopatra II, but also ended up marrying a number of Seleucid kings and then also fathering some Seleucid kings and ruling through them. And it seemed to me like an interesting lens through which to view the decline of the Seleucid Empire was to do it from the perspective of this, again, Ptolemaic princess and Seleucid queen who lived through so much of the history herself. Um, so that was the genesis of the Ancient World Theia series, which ran for 18 episodes. And it takes us all the way through the events of her life to her eventual death. During the course of producing that, I got in touch with Tristan Hughes of Battles of the Ancients, and we got to discussing our mutual fascination with with Alexander's and the Seleucid conquests in Central Asia. And so we thought it might be fun to interview each other. I would interview him on his extensive knowledge of Alexander's experiences in Central Asia. And then I would also talk a bit about the early Seleucid emperors and some of their interactions with Central Asia. 
So I needed a place to put this, and since I didn't really have a series that it fit in, I created a new series called The Ancient World Spotlight, which is intended to cover things like one-off interviews or standalone episodes, things like that, things that don't fit into any of the series proper. So after completing Thea, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to tackle next. I wanted to pick a defined period, and I also wanted a series that I could really let breathe, that you know I, w- I could let go on for as long as it felt that there were interesting stories to tell. So what I ended up landing on was the Neo-Hittite kingdoms of northern Syria. For those unfamiliar, these were a few dozen kingdoms that formed in the early Iron Age that harkened back to the late Bronze Age Hittite Empire. So the Hittite Empire itself, with its center in Hattusas, had fallen. This was the last region that could still be considered to be under Hittite imperial control, which kind of endured through the Bronze Age collapse and carried through into the Iron Age. But it was also heavily influenced by Aramean culture, by some of the long-standing ancient cultures of the region. It made for a really interesting mix. There was also an appeal here that I could revisit and take a much deeper dive into the Assyrian kings who ruled in this phase of the Neo-Assyrian Empire, but I also very much wanted to do it from not from their perspective, but from the perspective of their intended victims, who, on the one hand, individually were no match for the Neo-Assyrian Empire, but what they did was really interesting, which is that they formed coalitions, and at times, incredibly effective coalitions across a wide variety of ethnicities, of cultures, of interests. And of course, in the south of the area at the same time, you have the kingdoms of Israel and Judah nucleating out. You have the Aramean kingdoms, such as Aram Damascus, being intensely powerful and influential during this period. So that was the impetus for the Ancient World Carchemish podcast, which is the series I'm currently producing. The season coming up which I have already drafted and I'm very excited about because it's going to be very fun, is the season when the Neo-Assyrians start poking back around out west. And why it's exciting and interesting to me, there's a lot of reasons, but a few of the main reasons are, first, the Neo-Assyrians were meticulous documentarians. Essentially, if you were not moving very quickly in the Assyrian court, you were going to end up with an inscription on you. They were writing on everything. They were recording everything. It brought an end to the regional dark age, at least in that respect. It brought another kind of dark age, which is an intensification of military conflict in the region. But that also brought about one of the other very interesting factors to me, which is the building of these Syrian coalitions to help defend uh, the territories west of the Euphrates from Assyrian exploitation and Assyrian expansion. So that is what is coming up on the next six-episode season of the ancient world Carchemish, 
which will be starting up again next month. Now, there is one common theme to all my podcast series, which is I have to be totally passionate about whatever topic I'm covering. It's the only way I can spend every night, every weekend, etc., thinking about researching, writing, producing all these different series. Because I can't make it interesting and fun for you unless it's interesting and fun for me. Over the 10 years I've been doing The Ancient World, I've had many, many people ask how they can donate to support the show. I've mainly told them to just spread the word, because my biggest wish is that everyone who might like the show at least gets the chance to try it. But I also decided that if people want to donate to support the show, I wanted to give them a way to do it, but only if I could give them something a little extra back at the same time, which is why I finally created a Patreon page. You can go there right now and check it out. It's at patreon.com forward slash theancientworld. It is very pretty. I really like how it came together. And the best part is I can give you guys benefits, whether it's just publicly thanking you, all the way up to letting you choose the topic for an Ancient World Spotlight episode. But the one I think may grab you the most is this. If you join at the Lugal tier... And yes, of course, I had to use Sumerian titles. You'll get access to extra monthly mini-episodes. And because of the subject matter of the current series, the mini-eps for the foreseeable future will be deep dives into the lives and works of the various Neo-Assyrian kings. So, while the ancient world Carchemish will be giving you the story from the Neo-Hittite side— Patreon subscribers will also get to round things out with the Assyrian side of the story. I've already got a few mini-eps lined up on Ashurnazir Paul II and Shalmaneser III, and you don't want to miss out on those. Plus, you'll keep getting monthly mini-eps even when I'm between seasons. Now, if you want to join at the Ruler of the Four Quarters tier, there are lots of other amazing goodies. You can find all the information at patreon.com forward slash the ancient world. I also wanted to let you know that the ancient world just joined the Airwave Media Podcast Network, which is home to lots of cool history and other podcasts, including My History Can Beat Up Your Politics, The History of the Great War, the Pirate History Podcast, plenty of others. You can check out their full roster at airwavemedia.com. And just to brace you, you will be hearing an ad or two at the beginning of each episode, like pretty much every other podcast nowadays. I also wanted to let you know that I really appreciate all the requests I've been getting for references and maps and other supporting information related to all the early series. Unfortunately, when I migrated my podcast a few years back, I broke a bunch of those links. But you'll be happy to hear that I've been going back and populating all my old blog posts with that information. It's an ongoing process, but if you go to ancientworldpodcast.com, you should hopefully be able to find the episode and series-specific information you're looking for. If not, then check back again in a bit. So, that's it. Pretty painless, right? Like I mentioned, the new season of The Ancient World Carchemish will start up in mid-October and run for six bi-weekly episodes. So if you're digging Rings of Power or House of the Dragon and are looking for a non-fantasy analog, 
with, I have to admit, fewer dragons, then early Iron Age Syria just might be the place for you. As always, thanks for listening. I literally could not do this without you. And please remember to check out the Patreon page. That's it for now. See you all in a few weeks.